Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. I'm Ann Baldwin, and boy, do we have a show for you today. You're going to love this one. Some good, useful information. That's why we call it News You Can Use, obviously. Ryan Brecklin is in the house. He's an auctioneer. He's got over 20 years of experience. He's called hundreds and hundreds of auctions while working for his family business, which is Nest Egg Auctions. He's also a partner and auctioneer for Connecticut firearms auctions and also um, does online auctions and his uh, benefit auctions is also part of what he does to give back to our community. Ryan, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Here's what I got. You take that 30 and you add on five, say a bit of five out of five, give it five out. <laughs> That's all I got. That's the auctioneer song, right? <laughs> the auctioneer song. Yes. Starlight Ramblers. I used to go see them in Colorado all the time, but I still can't do it. But it's great to have you here. And we've got so many cool things to talk about. Let's start with you, though. So you come from radio. That's why he's going to sound so good on this program today, right? Yeah, I, I worked for uh, the old WCCC in Hartford for 10 years. And the whole time I was uh, growing up basically from a teenager in my family's auction business. So um, let's talk about that um, because it is local, but it's not really local, right? It's it's based in Plantsville, but you um, conduct auctions that people can view and see and from all over the world. That's the greatest change in the auction business right. in the last 20 years or so. As technology improved, we, we not only had an audience in a brick and mortar location, but we were able to expand our reach to the entire planet. And when you incorporate the live bidding platforms uh, and, and the internet technologies, along with a good shipping department, uh, we, we can theoretically sell something to someone anywhere. Yeah, and, and it's just amazing. And But it really adds to the talent that you have to have as an auctioneer, right? Because you're not just like the olden days. I think of, you know, where I come from, Iowa, and going to a farm auction, whether it's a cattle or whether it's farm equipment. Everybody who wants that is in the audience, but not today. Correct. We we used to count a, a good night as 200, 225 people, butts and seats. Right. And now... The attendance is much lower. We'll see between 20 and 60 people who come to the live auction, and that's usually the local crowd that are very dedicated. But represented by our clerks and the online bidding, we can we can have 6,000 to 10,000 people participating in a live online auction that it wasn't possible before. That's amazing to me. It really is. And where do you get the items that you auction? Where do those things come from? That's a trade secret. 
Uh, they come from all over. So uh, we travel throughout the country. I'm working with a, an entire collection in, in Oregon right now. And they have 2,300 pieces of uh, open salts, little glass salt cellars for setting like the Thanksgiving table. Uh-huh. And they'll actually box, the, box them up and freight them to us on a pallet. And we'll conduct a specialty auction just for that collection. So people die, right? Estates. Some uh, people, yeah, after someone passes, a lot of times the family is handling the yeah, collection. Yeah, that passes is a better word than die. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> so so what, a, what uh, a savvy collector will realize it's time. It's time to pass their collection on to the next generation of collectors or to the or to give it the, the proper homes. And that's something that an auctioneer does very well. Uh, and, and we will work with a lot of collectors in their later years who say, I'm ready. I'm mm-hmm. downsizing my home. Uh, this collection I've enjoyed, I've loved, I've built, you know, whether it was for scholarly purposes or just an obsession. And uh, they'll come to us and say, okay, you know, I'd like to honor what I've done with my investments and my collection and, and, and see it be sold to the people who it should go to. And what are some of the items that people collect that you auction off? I, I think I've done everything except for live animals at this point. From automobilia to fine art, coins, jewelry, silver. Um, we do firearms collections and military artifacts. Um, but I- I'm always surprised. I, I have a, a collection of uh, just phonographs and vintage mechanical music. So music boxes, phonographs, Victrolas, and old radios that's coming up in August. Wow. So my collection is paperweights So and china right so over the years i've i have a son and i have a daughter and i've collected sets of china and i've collected i probably have about 80 paperweights throughout my home but in a big cabinet and my thing is i bought two of everything so my kids say why do you have two of every paperweight i said so when i pass um i can split the collection you can have half and your and my son can have half and their response was, we don't want it. I, I, I was going to ask you the question, what did they say? They're like, <laughs> thanks, mom. Yeah, they don't want them. Right. You know, so I've had to, and, and they don't want the China. This generation doesn't understand, I don't think, the value of what I valued. Like if my grandmother gave me something, I cherish that. I look at that as a collectible, right? But this generation, do you see the same thing? Feel? I feel like they just, they don't care. No, under, under a certain age, they're collecting experiences, Yep. Investments mm-hmm. um, and spending a lot more time with family and a lot less time with things. So th- what we've seen as a, as a separation in the business is the very best objects, the most rare, the most valuable and the most desirable are doing great. But nobody wants Hummels. You know, the price of mass produced collectibles, uh, a, a big one a few decades ago was Roseville Pottery. Mm. And Roseville pottery was hot. You could go to every show and find pieces for sale and collect your pattern or collect your color. And as time went on and we, we got more data and technology evolved, we realized that the Roseville Pottery Company was cranking those things out for 12 hours a day for 30 years. And <laughs> everyone kept them as precious. So now there's lots of them available. All right. I've got another collection. Beanie Babies. Oh, really? Yeah. I've yeah. still got all my kids' Beanie Babies. I, too, was one of those moms when a, one came out at McDonald's or a new one was coming to the hospital gift store. I was there when it opened to make sure I got it. Tags are on. What are those worth? What, well, before I tell you what Beanie Babies are worth, what was the job of the Beanie Baby Company? To make Beanie Babies. To sell the most Beanie Babies possible. <laughs> so if we go just on supply and demand, what do you think is high right now? 
Supply. Supply, yeah. Yeah, there are a few rare Well, I'm just hoping that there aren't a lot of other hoarders out there like me that have kept everything. But Uh, Beanie Babies is not a category that I handle. Um, (laughs) However... Uh, I, I still get calls somehow for them, and I, I think I turned down 25,000 Beanie Babies Have you? Week. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, and that's the other thing. I think we got to kind of change our attitude, and I like what you said. Again, we're talking with Ryan Brecklin, and he's uh, an auctioneer, and he works with uh, Nest Egg Auctions, his family business. That's what I've had to resolve in my mind, that I'm going to enjoy what I like. I'm going to enjoy my paperweights while I'm here. I'm going to enjoy the things while I'm on this earth, but also look at the time when I do need to downsize, right? And to call someone like you, Ryan, a company like Nest Egg, and say, okay, I've got these things. What are they worth? And can you help me sell them? I I, I always recommend someone works with a professional. If you have objects of value and you need help, you should talk to someone who's trustworthy. Mm -hmm. There's lots of pitfalls in the estate auction business and the downsizing business. So it's it's important to find someone who's well-credentialed, who can give you honest answers about what something's worth or the best way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Because I know my neighbor across the street, he passed away recently, and they had like an appraiser, someone from an auction place, you talked about Hummels, and they walked through and they thought they had all these collectibles and this person said, they're not worth anything. And there was the Polish pottery still sitting, you know, on the shelf. There were the Hummels and the other collectibles and uh, worth nothing. And I find even when I have a tag sale, people show up and they'll ask for two things or three things, tools, firearms, and records. Records are hot right now. Are they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I've got a lot of records. So certain categories like uh, early rock, early jazz, Beatles, Elvis, and now classic rock, those categories are, are doing really well. There is a younger uh, contingent that's that's collecting them and buying them and actively listening to them. Vinyl's and them. back. Vinyl yeah. is back, right? So what do you, what does one do? What is the, what do our listeners at home? You know, not that I want your phone line to blow up with all these people that think <laughs> they have collectibles, but I mean, what is your best advice? How individually? Because you know, the other thing is, my basement just flooded, and I found you know big bins. Thank God they were in plastic of baseball cards, right? But who has the time to go through each record, each baseball card, to see what it's worth? How do you do that? So you, you can start with the basics, right? People research things on the internet all the time. You can mm-hmm. check sites like eBay or, or, or use WorthPoint if you want to get an inexpensive subscription. But ultimately, take a look at what you have and then find someone who can help you sort it out, figure out what it's worth. Some objects or some collections are just that. It's just an accumulation. It wasn't curated. It's not the best of the best. Uh, and then you're kind of in a... A treasure hunt scenario. If you mm-hmm. got a bin full of baseball cards and they were made after, let's say, 1970 or so, they're probably not much in there because they were mass produced. Again, lots and lots of cards existed. Earlier cards, more rare stars, rookies, those kind of things. Yeah, you could have some great value in there. So who, what do you do? You pay somebody to come into your home and take a look or... You could pay an appraiser if the collection's worth it, but you can go upside down on that proposition. If you pay an appraiser for their time and find out it's not worth anything, now you have, you're out the money and you don't have anything to sell the show for it. Mm-hmm. So doing a quick evaluation on your own is the way to go. It, also, if you know the collection's for sale, then talking to an auction professional or someone who sells professionally is a great way to do it because they can do an evaluation at no cost and say, hey, these are great. We want to sell these objects for you. And this is what we think they're worth. Mm-hmm. And so then you get a percentage of 
of the collection, right? And then the person who owns a collection gets a percentage. Yep, we charge okay. a commission just to bring everything to sale and, and, and handle the transaction. So that's a scenario where the person is um, proactive and says, I want to get rid of this collection. Now let's go to another scenario. The person passes and now their collections, their valuables are in the hands of their children. What happens then? Uh, there are pitfalls there too because uh, sometimes family members swoop in and grab the best things. Sometimes they sell things too low. So you owe it to yourself to do a little bit of research and to make sure you're making good decisions on, on whomever you're acting for. And a lot of these kids, they just, you know, they don't want it. I was at a place at the Cape and it's a secondhand store right and the things that they had in there were amazing the jewelry the clothing the, and i said to the guy where do you get the stuff and he said people pass along and their kids just say here take it yeah that's the value the antiques you know and the guilt that comes with getting rid of this stuff like when my father passed he would say now this roll top desk i bought this a long time ago it's an antique it's worth a lot of money don't ever get rid of it don't ever sell it it's got to stay in the family Who's got room for all the stuff? We don't. And a roll-top desk was designed to be used with paper, not with computer monitors. So desirability comes down because usability comes down. So the best objects are something that are, we call it cross-collectability. So it's not just that you have, uh, uh, we'll use Beanie Babies as an example. I don't just have a Beanie Baby. I have a Princess Diana Beanie Baby that's a limited edition from Canada, right? So when you, when you complete that circle of cross-collectability, I have a desk that's antique and belong to my family, but it's also nice and I can use it and put it in a room. It's not too big, it's not too small. That's that's when the, the value of the object comes up. But if you have a china closet from the 1930s with a small glass window and you can't display anything in it, 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 it might, sometimes it goes out to the curb. Or what we find is the expense of moving and handling the objects yeah. outweighs what they're worth yeah. no matter what. I know, yeah, for me to put it in a truck and send it to Texas to my daughter, it's, is it worth it? No. Yeah, it's going to cost you fifteen hundred yeah. bucks, and the desk. Maybe she could buy one there for seven. Oh my God, this is making me sick to my stomach, <laughs> Ryan. Thanks. All right. Hey, have you had any um, famous people collections? What are some of the things over the years? You know, the twenty years that you've been doing this. Um, anybody famous? Uh, I sold Marilyn uh, one of Marilyn Monroe's sweaters earlier this year. For uh, how much? I think three thousand dollars. Really? If I'm if I'm remembering correctly. How do you know it was hers? Um, it was, it was, I think, one of her accountants who got it from her, and he had a letter of authenticity, and he was known for having genuine articles that belonged to her. There are plenty of fakes out there as well, so you have to do your due diligence and make sure that what, what we're passing on and what we're saying in our auction is that we stand behind it. So how can people find out about your auctions or find out about the things that you, because can anybody attend or do you have to be a, a dealer or? Nope, everything is open to the public. Um, when we have an auction event, you can preview usually a day or two before the auction to look at the objects, check condition, make sure it's the model number and the things that you want. And then on the day of the auction, uh, you can attend and sit in the audience and watch. And it's, you know, I'm old fashioned like with a gavel and I do the call. And uh, at the same time, we do stream live video and live audio and you you can bid right from your phone or your laptop. So where should they go for that information? To your website? NestEggAuctions.com. NestEggAuctions.com is the best place to go. When's your next auction? Do you know? It'll be August 5th. That's the phonograph auction. And uh, it's one person's collection. Uh, Dr. Vincent D'Andrea, he was uh, an economics professor at Quinnipiac University and had a great collections of fountain pens, rare cameras, uh, anything sort of mechanical and hands-on from that 
Art Deco in earlier era. And the, the cylinder players work. They, wow. uh, you can you can actually drop the needle on it and listen really? to songs right in there. Yeah. So did his family pass that along to you? Did you find it from them or did he do it? So their story was really interesting that, that after he passed away, they kept the house and preserved it just as he left it and used it as a vacation home for nearly a decade. Really? And I thought, what a touching way to enjoy a family member's collection. They would come and visit and stay and be with his objects and his collection. And it was like visiting someone again. And they had the luxury of, of maintaining it as a second home. But after a while, they realized, hey, we're not visiting as much. The time has passed. And they wanted to put the collection together, not only to, to honor him and, and what he liked to do, but to also make sure that uh, it was preserved and that it went out to the, to the right collectors and the right people. Wow. So there's stories behind everything that you sell. Every object has a story. All right. Marilyn Monroe. Who else? Um, let's see. I've had other pieces of memorabilia, I'm trying to think. So we did a collection from uh, an American photographer named Alfred Cheney Johnston. And back in the 1920s, uh, he took photographs of the silent movie stars and some of the biggest Broadway dancers of all times. The, uh, the, the, the hitch there is that he did them all tastefully nude. So hmm, what's that? <laughs> think less hustler and more playboy. Okay. Okay. And <laughs> he photographed some of the most famous uh, actresses of his day. So uh, uh, Julie Newmar, um, Gloria Swanson, um, and uh, a, Julie Newmar was Catwoman. I'm trying to think of some of the mm -hmm. other dancers that we did. When we found the collection, it was in a basement, in a filing cabinet, and we did close to a million dollars in oh selling his photographs. A million bucks. So you said you're in the basement. How'd you get to this person's basement? This was one of the strangest calls we ever had. Um, on a Friday afternoon, just when we were to close, we got a phone call that someone needed us to come out and look at mahogany furniture on a Sunday. And I was I was booked that day. So one of our junior, uh, junior, it was actually my cousin who was working for us. He went down there, called me on a Sunday afternoon and said, I'm in way over my head and realized that he had stumbled on a collection of art and photographs that hadn't been seen since the 1950s. Wow. And there was all their famous artists in there, um, Guy Wiggins, and uh, we found a painting from uh, the Art Nouveau artist Alphonse Mucha, and it was on a cover of Hearst Magazine. And I had a great time. I got to fly to London and, and meet the Mucha family and have them authenticate it and then bring it back into the States and, and sell it. And ultimately, uh, the artist's estate bought it back. So it was another good story of an object coming home, being to where so it should be. So you go to that length to make sure that what you're looking at is the real thing. When it comes to art, specifically paintings, you have to take every precaution to make sure what you have is authentic. Um, there's... there's news stories that you can find where paintings hanging in museums today might not be authentic. So we, we do everything we can to make sure that what we sell is the real deal. That is just an amazing story. And now you could have easily just put those things under your arm and left the place, but you don't do that. No, we, we work on contract. Uh, we make an inventory of everything we sell. And that's why I encourage people to make sure that they're working with someone credentialed, that they have whatever deal you make, it's in writing and that you have a copy of it and you're comfortable with it. What's hot right now? So um, our firearms business is booming. Antique and modern firearms are very good. Uh, we do a lot with coin collections. 
So uh, bullion coins, gold, silver, and collectible uh, U.S. and world coins are, are red hot right now. Unlike stamps, which are a little bit cool right now, that's a difficult category. Um, you see uh, a lot of very wealthy people and, and, and people uh, with good media presence who say coins are a good investment. Mm-hmm. There's lots of reasons to buy and sell gold and silver. Uh, we do a lot with estate jewelry. So uh, natural gemstones, very rare, very do very well at auction. And then uh, we do a lot with paintings and sculptures. So bronzes, carvings, and oil paintings. So for our listeners out there, and they want to collect something. Is there anything that you would recommend that people collect today? So pick your category that you love, because you really should love whatever you're doing. You should be passionate about it. But I do have advice, because I feel that some people accumulate more than they collect and curate. So you should buy the best example of what you like in the best condition you can afford. Mm -hmm. So if it's coins and you want to collect rare coins, buy the best one that you can afford. And only buy one. Don't, don't buy 20. Put all your money into something that 10 years and 20 years from now is going to be desirable to the next collector. Quality, not quantity. Correct. You'll have more room to store it. It will be worth more later. And it will be easier for the next person to buy or sell. I wish I collected coins in now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I said my basement flooded. But the blessing in that is that this is my opportunity to go through everything, right? And get rid of things that, that I don't want. And now they've got these, um, like, for example, it's buy nothing and then the town that you live in. And I find it's incredible to me the, the things that people will just give away for nothing. A lot of old singer sewing machines with beautiful cabinets people are just like here who wants it giving it to somebody else to enjoy somebody else to put into their home and and get that good feeling from that's kind of where we're at yeah when you see the value of something come down and it starts to approach free that should tell you about this the 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 status of the market of -hmm. uh, of the desirability of things so if, if you want to invest do it wisely and do it with coins that's your that's your number one recommendation right you can, you can what do, about art you can do it with art mm-hmm. but i encourage people to get all of the information ahead of time and and, and not just take anyone's word the, i can print any authenticity certificate you want on my printer in my office so it might not be worth any more than the paper it's printed on but if you study an artist and you understand their career and you're buying originals from a good source you're going to do fine all right, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm going to I'm going to see if um, and again we want to give out the website. Again, it is nesteggauctions.com. And nesteggauctions.com, but you know, it's uh, you guys are busy. You got a lot going on, but do your own homework on the internet too, right? All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here and ask you to auction off that bottle of water real quick and I'll bid. Well, okay, but uh, we have to have an audience. Okay, right? we need no? our audience oh, okay. in here. <laughs> Where are you? I'm going to bring in Jeff and Ethan from the office, and uh, Ryan's going to give it his best shot. This is great information. Okay. All right, we're going to sell one bottle of water. I think it's Aquafina. Do I have a hundred dollar bid? I got a hundred dollar bid. I got a hundred dollar bid. I got a hundred. Yes, now I need a hundred and ten. Now hundred and ten. Now I need a hundred. One ten. I got a one ten bid. I need a one twenty. One twenty. I got a one twenty. One twenty. I need a one thirty. One thirty bid. I need a one fifty. Hey. One fifty. Whoa, two hundred over here. I got two hundred. Need two and a quarter. Two fifty bid. Now two seventy five. Two seventy five. Two seventy five. She's out. I got two seventy five. Any advance past two? Three hundred bid. Now three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. Now three. Three fifty. This is a good bottle of water. Three fifty. Now three seventy five. We all done at three fifty. Sold at three fifty. All right, to Ethan Telford, you just bought a bottle of Aquafina for 350 bucks. Don't worry, I taped a gold coin to the bottom of it. 
How did you learn to be an auctioneer? How'd you learn to do that? I know they have schools, right? They teach that. Yeah, uh, my father actually, um, when he started in the '90s, he, he went to the Missouri School of Auctioneering cassette tape correspondence course. Wow! And he would listen to a cassette tape, record himself, and mail it to Missouri and back. And uh, and he passed, and he got a little diploma that said he was the colonel, and he became Colonel Carl. And I watched him. I was already in radio. Yeah. And his voice got a little tired one night, and he just handed me the microphone and said, give it a shot, kid. And I think I was 19, maybe 20 years old, and uh, I just went with it. I was not very good at first, but uh, just took off from there and, and never stopped trying. That's on my bucket list. Like I said, in Iowa, they actually have a school where you can attend and be an auctioneer, and I was thinking of doing that. That's one thing on my bucket list, and the other thing is to do uh, stand-up comedy. <laughs> Those are both challenging things that you can't just <laughs> jump on stage and do. I'll, I'll make you a deal. If you okay. practice to the auctioneer song uh-huh. and you want to come to the auction sometime, I'll let you call a couple lots. You would. I'll let you get on the Wow, party. you heard it right here. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a treat that would be. All right. But I just don't know if my mind can do that now. But I'm going to take you up on that. I'm going to try. It used to just be the audience and you're looking at the bid cards going up. But right. now you've got four feedback screens. Unbelievable. With 6,000 people bidding. Unbelievable. <laughs> don't worry. I'll hold your hand. I'll stand right You'll next to you. hold my hand. Okay, yeah. good. Well, you're just it's just an amazing um, business that you've got. And we want to mention, too, that if you want to go in person, again, go on to the website, which is nesteggauctions.com. And you can attend in person, see what they got, review some of the stuff and uh but you don't want a bunch of people just there hanging out if you're going to go try to buy something right no come watch the show if come you're watch the to, show come look at the phonographs come sit in the audience you, you come on down and experience what we do what a great invitation that's really good and thank you for offering that to our listeners well it's been a pleasure i really have enjoyed this conversation thank you so much for having me on all right ryan thank you and continued success you too all right we want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to this edition of news you can use enjoy the rest of your sunday we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.